0: So anyway, I helped him procure this and, you know, kind of shot him like some prices on things and what, what I would take. So once we got this back into his cellar, I can I came over there. I'm really good friends with his son. I went over to his house and he just comes up to me and he has a, a nice wine cellar in the house. And I don't know, there's probably five or 600 bottles in his own personal wine. cellar. plus he has like an off storage. So it's a very, very big, and he just goes, Aubrey, you can, he's like, take six, like whatever six you want. So I had to be careful cause you're walking that thin line of like stuff you could take, but it's just, you know, there, there are some wines that will never be created or legendary that you, you can't.
1: It's like when you're 16 <laughs> and your girlfriend's parents take you to dinner and you don't want to order the most expensive thing on the menu.
0: Yeah. That
1: that's a great way to put it. You're not going to be like, yeah, I want the ninety
0: dollar cowboy steak at mushrooms. <laughs> no. So anyway, he's like, you know, so so I I, I had told him and uh, about Leon. He he'd never heard of Leonetti before, and they'd had a bunch of like late '90s, early 2000 Leonetti Cabernet and Merlot. And so I'd had Leonetti. So one of the guys that I work for, John, he was. He, I think he actually went out to Washington State on a on a work trip and had told me how great their wines were, and I'd never really had them before. So we opened them up at there was an event at work, and we ended up opening a couple of them and got to or one of them Merlots and got to try it. I really liked it, so I was just I told him how good I thought Leonetti was and how I'd heard from people that I trust that most of their their cabernets were really good. I'd never had a whole lot of them, so that was one of the one of the wines that I took. So. I just been waiting for someone who enjoys wine as well to come over to the house so that, so that I can open it. But I mean, it's probably one of the better wines I've had in the past five or ten years. I would say it's really good. Yeah, it, it's Washington State Cabernet is one of the most underrated areas as far as wine goes. Most people overlook Washington State as a whole. And
1: personally, I've I've not had a whole lot. I've had a I've had a decent amount of wine, but. From this region? Nope. Yeah, it's definitely in. You know, a lot of times, just
0: in general, you never know what you're gonna get with an older bottle of wine. Which, hopefully, the the guy that I bought this from word gets, or I didn't buy that. I got this from. Hopefully, word gets back to him that this one's in pretty good shape. So that's that's always promising when you have older wines
1: and you open one and one of them's in good shape. So, so I have to say, uh, one of the things, one of the things I treasure about our friendship, is. Um, you are fantastic at describing uh, whatever we're drinking. So, could we get some a little bit of tasting notes? Maybe some some just general notes from you. Uh, I I
0: get a lot of so there because this is an older wine. A lot of the fruit notes have faded away a little bit. So I would I would say there's a lot of secondary notes on this. I get a lot of like it's like I would say cedar like it's very woody. So like it's cigar box like cedar wood. And then there is a little bit, I, I'd almost say it's like a, a underripe blueberry. Like there's a little bit of, it, it's a bluer fruit, and it's not overly ripe. It just, it, it's kind of fallen off a little bit. So I get a lot of wood. I get some, um, what I would, you know, some cedar notes. I'd say a little bit of blueberry to it. And there's just, it, It's. it's got a little bit of, like, earthy. It, it's kind of musty a little bit, not in a bad way. Uh, sometimes, you know, things can take on some secondary like lead like pencil shaving i mean it's definitely got older kind of secondary notes
1: to it i feel like i can't describe it as as well as you but is there is there a savory uh, savory quality yeah i mean yeah that's i mean
0: when i so a lot of times like a like mushroom believe it most people don't like mushroom is a
1: savory quality like that's what I was getting off of it, and yeah. like I, I I don't know, like I am not as confident in some of my tasting no, foods, especially with red wine. It's, like I'm like, am I tasting that or am I just making that up?
0: It it's hard sometimes, like when when you like with me, I I know what I'm tasting, and sometimes sometimes it is hard to explain. But like so like mushroom and like when I say earthy, sometimes that's what I mean. Like yeah, so yeah, there's definitely do like you,
1: a. Do you want to hear a funny story? Yeah. So I was uh, recently talking with a mutual friend uh, <clears throat> who doesn't not like wine, but, um, wanted to learn a little bit more about it, went to a, went to a wine tasting seminar type of thing. And I was, so I was talking with him and I was just kind of like, Hey, it like, how, how was that? And he was like, it was really awesome. You know, he's like the new world stuff was fantastic. Um, I really like kind of loved that part the most, the old world stuff though. So we're talking like, you know, Italy, France, you know, uh, versus you know, like the United States and those sorts of things. He's like, <laughs> the old world stuff was interesting. He's like, I liked it until they started describing what I was tasting. And then I started tasting those things That's <laughs> And I didn't like it anymore. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I was tasting it. I was it was good and I, it was I was having a good time and then they were like, do you taste the mushroom in it? And he's like, and then I tasted the mushroom in it. And yeah. And I, I, I immediately hated it.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, there's, I mean, yeah, there's definitely, once again, like I said, when I say secondary flavor, I mean, it's, I, I call it forest floor, but sometimes that can be, like if you've ever taken a hike when the leaves have fallen and you're walking through and kind of dragging your
1: feet. What you smell. What you smell, that's. That just that's what I get. wet leaf that's, yeah. what what is it called uh, humus i don't know it's like hummus but it's it's humus i believe that's when like uh, uh, decaying fauna or whatever Maybe we could talk a little bit about um, <clears throat> the backstory while we're doing this podcast. Um, I'll start if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. Um, so the other part about uh, I'm going to take a drink of my water. My hams. He really likes his water. It's really good water. It's got a lot of flavor to it. Um. So another another part about me. Um. Uh, I, while growing up, while working full-time, I also attended a community college (laughs) where um, I took a lot of classes that I wanted to take, not classes that would actually get me a degree. Um, So those ended up being mostly writing classes, photography classes, and video classes. And I had a lot of fun doing it, and I even made some fun things. And then at a certain point, um, I guess... I'm also obsessed with technology. Yes, you are. <laughs> uh, so I, I acquired some things and was able to produce some things and create some things, and I found a lot of joy, found a lot of um, solace in that. But at a certain point, I think technology was advancing more quickly than my pocketbook. Um, and so, that happens to most people, Dan. Don't feel bad. Yeah, a lot of my gear got behind. I guess I was probably a little jealous of like what other people were able to do, and I blamed it on my gear. And really, it probably should have rested solely on my shoulders of not, you know, maybe being as creative as I could be, or whatever, whatever. So no, that's true. It it fell it fell to the side, and then uh, 2020 happened. And we we joke, uh, Aubrey and I joke a lot because. Uh, If you ask what my favorite pastime is, it's going to be watching YouTube. Yeah. But you'd be surprised, maybe, I don't know. YouTube wasn't, like I got really into YouTube when it first launched, but I wasn't a huge YouTuber until the middle of last year, 2020. Is that because we were? The stank year. Yeah, we were all locked inside, essentially. Had a a little stank on it. Yeah, I was just, uh, you know, I was like Netflix and TV, whatever. But I got I got really I got really into I don't even know what started it I don't know if it was music videos or if I looked up a recipe what it was um, but I got really in like really into creator YouTubes um, folks who were photographers videographers who also had a very positive um, message and a lot of that message was create just do it you yeah. know like it sounds really dumb and silly but it was kind of a little bit of what i needed to hear i think at that time and uh <laughs> i would i would often uh, uh i think uh, mostly in text form but um you know talk about like we should be making stuff we're just working all the time and coming home and blah you know and i i, I, I think i was you know kind of talking to you a lot about that and i think that was kind of a way you were feeling, maybe not YouTube motivated, but just as a, like a, you know what, like I want to do something too. Where I was coming from was, you
0: know, obviously the pandemic happened and affected all of us in, in many different ways. And, you know, I I experienced some loss and throughout uh, 2020, I guess it would be. And um, I just, I needed an outlet. And when you're not socially doing, which it, it wasn't like I could, you know, go to a, a bar or a restaurant and sit down and talk to people and laugh and joke. I mean, it was just, it was, it was a dark year for everybody. So I, I was looking, I was, I needed an outlet and I, I and this was what I was kind of looking for. I was looking for some way to talk about life and express how I was feeling and hopefully, you know, telling some funny stories and, and, and just a way to get some of the angst and some of the sadness I guess you could say anger of everything because everybody's experiencing the same thing because you know I mean there was nothing that could have prepared us for what happened last year so when when you know Dan was like we got to create you know create and he was coming with that and I was like yeah I was like I got to get stuff off my chest and I just I want to talk to people and but a lot of what was going on at the time you know it, it wasn't normal you couldn't just you know go to your a friend's house and have a get together and you know get 10 or 15 of you together and laugh and joke so I guess this is sort of sort of a way to express that so
1: yeah making something uh, doing something you know putting something I, I I think part of it too is like a little bit of uh making a mark sounds overly ambitious because who cares like you know like in reality like yeah but there's a little bit of that like i want to i want to leave like some some sort of a, a footprint or you know if if there are folks who wanna look at something i did or listen to something that i did um or maybe they just want to know me better or Uh, see a different side of me you know like i I think that's a thing you can even have that with a partner um you could have that with a friend where they know one part of you yeah uh but through doing stuff like this they can learn a lot more about you yeah and and we're gonna learn a lot about each other too um which is i don't know it's it's it kind of goes back to that um the period of time where I was working overnight and I was super, not antisocial, I just wasn't social and I had to regain some of that and it it, kind of feeds into that. And then also just like really literally I want to create stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I want to, I'm I'm not so much a builder. I'm not going to, you know, get out a hammer and nails and a couple pieces of wood. Maybe I'll I'll make some food and we talk about that, but just creating something. And
0: uh, so experience So I lost my mother-in-law last year and there is something that my daughter has so it would have been her granddaughter. my daughter has. we call it the grandma bear. and it if she hugs it, it's a recording of my mother-in-law's voice. So in the same sort of essence, I was always thinking that at least for my kids or my family, this is something that you know they can always have. And they can always listen to if they ever want to, you know, just be like, oh, I wonder what dad thought about this. Or, oh, I wonder what, you know, Aubrey thought of, you know. So it, it's kind of a cool way to leave stuff for your, you know, your friends and family, too. So. Absolutely. That was another kind of one of the yeah. angles that I came from. So every night before my daughter goes to bed, she squeezes her grandma bear and grandma bear talks to her. And it's my mother in law's voice. So that's kind of awesome. cool. So this is, you know, along those lines where. Hopefully someday kids will be able to pull it up and leaving something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now we get to talk about the dumb part of the show, uh, which is the name. <laughs> uh, so uh, <clears throat> this show's called this "Show's called Gimlet's a Golden Hour," as you uh, have hopefully figured out by now, uh, and that stems from jokes, really. I mean, lots of jokes, all the jokes uh there was a the, aubrey and i have worked together for a number of years now and there was a little period of time where maybe i got a little obsessed with the uh, gimlet cocktail and a little uh, uh, aubrey aubrey was very much in the in the camp of asking me what i was going to be drinking that night uh he asked I, I think you asked me just about every day
0: After, so when I catch on to something and I see a pattern in something, I'm going to kind of roll with that. So I guess you could say I'm a little bit of a troll. I don't know. how You
1: want to word it? Uh, So, you know, for a while, I was probably like, I'm going to drink these these beers tonight or I think I might have like a, I don't know, vodka soda, you know, whatever. But for a month and a half, probably I got, I got just on a gimlet. And it was probably around that time where I was like, you know, also too, like learning more about cocktails and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I found the gimlet and I'm like, man, lime and gin and ooh, it just all comes together. So So every every day, what goes in your gimlet? What now? Nowadays. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go nowadays. Nowadays, it's more it's a it's a cheater gimlet. So uh, not that the gimlet originally wasn't it. there's this, so the history of the gimlet um might might come into play generally speaking most people or the history books or whatever you want to call it um are going to say that a gimlet is gin with sweetened lime juice served in a coop glass coop mm-hmm. uh which is a very small amount of booze cocktail um if you go a little bit l- longer, uh, later in the history, uh, that's generally people say roses lime juice because that's everybody's sweetened lime juice at this point. Um, but if you're talking like you know some OGs, they're gonna be like, ah, yeah, roses is kind of low quality. Make your make your own sweetened lime juice if you have to It's like simple. So Roger would stuff. not approve. <laughs> <laughs> Probably would not approve. You got to be squeezing your own fruit. Um, nowadays, though, you're familiar with Fever Tree. Oh yeah. Have you had the lime and yuzu? Yeah, like yeah. The, I think I actually bought one. Yeah. It's pretty fantastic. There's also the there's a lemon one that's really good. There's also a sandpiper. We're getting away from the the original gimlet a lot, but what I'll do now is gin, and then. I love those Fever Trees, and I love the San Pellegrinos, the flavored ones and stuff. But they're so loaded with sugar that you know, if if you're trying to have a few cocktails that night, you got to be careful. So I'll usually hit it with a little bit of flavor from one of those, and then top it off with some Topo Chico, or any bubbling wine or bubbling water. Yeah, Topo Chico is where it's
0: at. If you've never had Topo Chico and you somewhat like sparkling water, you have to question what you're doing with your
1: life. You really gotta. You really gotta just. What am I doing? Yeah. Who, Seek it out. Am I even alive? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I,
0: I, I drink at least four to five Tobo Chigos a week. So, yeah. They're really good. So, anyway, when when I caught on to Dan's pattern of
1: a Gimlet cocktail, I would... Uh, He's asking me every single night. He, or every single day. He's like... Of course. So uh, And he, he gets this pose hand gets up on his on his hip real high the the left hand and he kind of separates his his feet bends his knees a little bit he's got that he's got that nine yard stare and he goes so uh what are we drinking tonight and uh of course i knew the answer to this and for a month and a half the answer was gimlets
0: i don't i don't think he caught on the first couple times but i think after like the 18th or 19th he's like you know what the
1: answer is it 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 probably helped you a lot that you would be asking that question while I'm shopping for said supplies for said gimlets. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, <clears throat> after a month and a half, though, you know, I got bored. I moved on to other things. But that question then morphed into so, what are we drinking tonight? Gimlets? Yeah. For the next two years. I mean, and it's probably never, I mean, oh, it will continue. And then the rest of it is uh, I have a, uh, I have a I have an affection for photography. You're a good photographer. As we've discussed, being modest. Um, Dan's a very good photographer. It's mostly the camera doing the work. Uh, but anyway, like uh, there's there's this thing in photography uh, called golden hour. Uh, well, in life in general, with the sun, there's a period of time, usually at sunrise or sundown where the light just looks cool. I'm sure you've experienced it many a time. Well, guess what? That's when pictures are also awesome to take and you're going to get those bangers. Uh, so gimlet's a golden hour? Why not?
0: Yeah, definitely a fitting name for, I think what, what, what we like, two of the things that we like and kind of how our, uh, how our friendship has sort of, I guess you could say evolved, but yeah, so I, I, I like to grasp onto things about people and uh, sort of run with them. So after who knows what number of time that was that I asked Dan, what are we having tonight? I kind of started catching on to his photography. I don't want to say addiction, but his liking to photography. And I would, you know, so he started would kind of update me on if he ordered something or bought something. And then I would, there would be a, we have a group chat of friends of ours and there would be, you know, is it, is it lens hashtag lens day or so it was a bunch of photography stuff. So once again, many questions about lens day
1: and photography and that sort of thing. So you gotta hype, you gotta hype your people up you Yeah. hype your bros. I think that's, I, I, that's what it comes down to. You have to troll them, Yes. but equally hype them up. Yeah. Cause the, I mean, what are friends for?
0: Yeah. Very true. <laughs> So thus, the the name of the podcast was formed.
1: Yeah, and it uh, works out that um, those words in that order, not a whole lot of people have uh, uttered before. Yeah. So that, that uh, are you familiar? Are you familiar with it? Google Juice? Yeah. <clears throat> it just means it has a lot of Google juice, uh, which is good when you're making something. So that when people Google those things. You're the first. You're the first thing that comes up. Well, that's good. <laughs> I would not have known that. All of that that Dan can take the credit for that. So yeah, yeah. You, so you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to make a podcast called um, Apple Microsoft Daily or something. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? You're gonna get lost. <laughs> you're gonna get a little lost. Yeah. People probably aren't gonna find you unless you give them a specific domain. Um. What else you want to talk about? before we get into uh some some final pour i i i feel like so we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit so uh we tend to enjoy um a beer or a wine or a cocktail yes something that i think should be tradition though is that we end the show get to the end of the show have a little bit of whiskey yes what do you want to discuss before we uh we get into today's whiskey
0: no, I think I think we've done a good job kind of explaining things and yeah. laying it out to a certain extent. So hell yeah, I think we can dive into the whiskey. All right, it is um it is. Oh, it's a shit yeah, are you trying to?
1: What do <laughs> I'm not going anywhere.
0: <laughs> a little little uh, light on uh, my side there.
1: Um, it is Aubrey Harless's birthday tomorrow. Yeah, he probably doesn't want me to tell anybody that. No,
0: that's fine. But... Yeah, I got a I got a birthday tomorrow.
1: So um. Last year, I, I we, me and you, uh, personally discussed a lot of favorite whiskeys that we had last year. Oh yeah, one that I had. Um, my top three last year were a, a, a rebel pick, a a, a, a particular pick um, that you did actually.
0: Yeah, I got to, I got to go down to uh, Kentucky with with work, yeah. and and. Uh, Do some barrel picks,
1: have a little fun, pick pick a couple barrels. Yeah,
0: it was, it was quite the experience. We got that
1: was that was that was super dope and super enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, and somehow, um, you guys picked some amazing barrels. Yeah, we, and yeah, it.
0: it, So, the people that um, for work that do this pretty much all the time. They were even saying that the quality of barrels that we were offered was some of the best. Just the, phenomenal. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that helps, too. Not saying that we didn't do a good job, but...
1: So, it, it, quite honestly, like, those those some of those barrels that you guys picked, specifically the Rebel ones uh, when you were at Luxco, like, top,
0: top. Yeah.
1: That was my number one. Uh, my number two, though was more of, uh, you know, I don't know. I I don't know how to describe it other than just, like, I've been trying to educate myself on scotch um, over the years. Uh, Scotch tends to be one of those things that I want to be able to talk to people about. Not a whole lot of people are into. There's not a lot of resource. Uh, Scotch tends to be priced... Very high, especially if you want to start getting into some of the super high quality stuff. So it's it's hard. But every once in a while, somebody comes along, maybe they give you a tip. Or uh, you get to try something that uh, they had open or something. And that's kind of what happened with this guy. Uh, so today we have the Glendronic 18, which is incredibly hard to get a hold of right now. Hopefully it's going to have a little bit better availability this year later. Um, it had pretty terrible availability last year uh everything with 2020 kind of makes everything i would i would highly highly recommend the 15 year which is a little bit easier to get right now um but the 18 year is what we're trying tonight this was kind of my christmas present to myself uh there was one bottle left at the at the liquor store and i decided to pick it up and um the best part of it is i get to share it now yeah have you tried this before? I gave you a sample. I don't know if you ever got around to it, but I honestly don't remember. No, that's fine. When, when yeah, I'm glad you don't remember if you did try it, because then we get to kind of.
0: Well, so within the process of moving, you figure out <laughs> you have a lot of stuff that you know.
1: Hey, uh, <clears throat> that uh, that uh, what, what's what's retail on the Leonetti sellers at around a hundred and. Twenty plus dollars.
0: Yeah, the cab that. Yeah, yeah. I think the Cabernet is one sixty. What's
1: what's something that we do with wines that are you know ten plus years old, older? Is is there a certain thing that you do to those? You try to decant them. What's the reason for decanting?
0: Just to kind of open them up and let some oxygen get them, so that they can kind of breathe a little
1: bit. So what happens when you can't find a decanter because you've recently moved and it's probably packed in a box and you really don't have the time or?
0: You take your wife's flower vase and you clean it out and you use that. So,
1: did we have some wine out of a out of a vase tonight? Yes, we
0: totally drank wine out of a
1: flower vase tonight. Was it amazing? Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> uh, what got me on that tangent? I, I forget now. We're talking about Glendronic 18.
0: Yeah, I like the nose on it so once again about moving I probably had a sample there there was a I I cleaned out a bunch of samples so samples are usually like either one and a half to two milliliter samples that either people give you usually it's like customers friends whatever they kind of give you samples to try things um so I had a bunch of samples and I ended up as I was moving people that helped me or friends of mine I was like hey take these because I just had accumulated so many so I don't remember if I tried this.
1: What are you getting up front on the nose?
0: I, it, I get a lot of like it's weird it's like pear. I, I'd say a lot of pear um, it, There's that that salinity too it's like salty a lot of, I, I would it, it, it may sound weird but I, I would I would call this like a salty pear. What about you?
1: Uh, I get like baseball glove. That leather, um, also a little bit of the. Uh, to me, like a raisiny kind of a character, and then. I don't know. So this is a.
0: <clears throat> it's kind of nutty. I would I would say there. I, I get. Yeah. Within raisin, I mean, hazelnut, I, there, I get I get some nutty qualities to There's it. a
1: lot of, like, it, it's, it's, it gives a lot to you. I think that's the other part about it. It's like every time he knows it, you get a little something. Like, you're like, what is that? Is that date? Is that, uh.
0: It's got enough body. So the, the main thing that I've always noticed, whether it be talking to people or... You know, reading is that a lot of American whiskey drinkers don't like the fact that Scotch isn't full-bodied enough a lot of times, um, or you know, the, a lot of times people will say that Scotch misses that the the rich kind of round mid palate, right? And this has it. It's it's pretty, th-
1: which is probably helped by the sherry cask, for sure. I love sherry. I, I think that's what I mean. That's 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 what does it for me. All all the GlenDronach stuff are all finished. Do you think so? Like, as a bourbon drinker, I think a lot of uh, you know with bourbon it has to be a brand new barrel, and a lot of times scotch is going into our old bourbon barrels, and so you think that's kind of where that's coming from, where they're not thinking it's it, it's not as in your face.
0: Yeah, but this would stand, I mean. This is in your face. Yeah, this, it, it,
1: if if I
0: had someone over who was a big into domestic, you know, whether it be American bourbon, obviously I mean, I don't mean American, whether it be bourbon or American rye, and then I was like, hey, try this scotch, I think like 90% of them would like it. And it's not smoky, so that's that's another that thing. A lot like of it. times people associate, if it's scotch, it's always smoky.
1: And it's not overbearingly Barley forward. No. Which I, I still pick that out a lot of times with a lot of scotches that I have. I'm like, oh, there's that barley flavor that I'm like on the fence about. It almost grassy. Yeah. Whereas like with uh, bourbon you have a lot more sweetness. That yeah.
0: Yeah, this is really, really, really good. I, I I'm
1: I don't drink a whole lot of scotch, but I, I would drink a lot of this. That was that was my struggle last year, was uh I I got to try it and then I got to stare at the bottle for a really long time. What's the price point, just out of curiosity? Um, I think it's right around. It's over 150. I think it's. I think it's. I forget. It might be 180. It might be 160. It's like kind of in that. that, Yeah. Exactly.
0: For an 18 year old, I mean,
1: yeah, that's pretty good. I that's actually really good. Uh, before I, tr- uh, before I got this one, I actually, tr- um, so I tried, I tried this and then I was like, Oh, that's really, that's something special. And I was like, I'm definitely going to get that down the road. I ended up getting a cast strength. Um, I don't think it had an age on it at all. Um, and it was good. It wasn't nearly as good as this though. Um, it was just, it, it was boozier. A lot of, so
0: my, my main, the main thing that I always tell people is that I think, the one thing that domestic when when i say domestic i mean american whiskey producers lack is the ability to finish in casks like they do like you know scotch producers do and this is just i mean i would i i this is better the finish on this is more present and better than almost any domestic
1: whiskey i've ever had do you think that's on purpose a little bit i don't know Like, like they think that, so there's a lot, there's so many laws, you know, with bourbon um, and I don't know, it's, it's very Americana like, and I don't know if that's always been the case. I feel like it has since at least the last 40 years Um, and to finish it in a sherry cask or to finish it in a cognac cask takes away from it being ours, I guess, as Americans. It could be but a, a lot more I've seen a
0: lot more whiskey producers domestically start to finish and there are a few of them that do it very well but they're a long way off from this right um, i mean and and now i will i will say that to me joseph magnus yeah. as far as what i've had is probably the best
1: domestic producer consistently story time no, <laughs> uh, I, I I still I still talk to people about Joseph Magnus, and I still recall the time that I actually uh, first had it, which was with you, yeah. in a parking lot, out of a Dixie cup, in my car, in your car. We weren't driving. <laughs> Sorry, mom. We, no one was driving. We were all safe. We we were uh, taking very small amount just to just to get the flavor, but uh, yeah, Joseph Magnus is amazing, and it's only hundred bucks. Uh, sherry and cognac, though. Yes. Uh, yeah. If you ever want to buy somebody a gift. I'm, I'm telling I, I I think most people probably haven't. It's it's at that price point, and it's weird enough that I think most people aren't picking it up.
0: Very overlooked, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, folks, thank you for joining us for yet another adventure into Gimlet at Golden Hour. My name is Dan Hawkins. And I'm Aubrey Harless. Have a good week.